What is up, flock and friends? Welcome into another edition of Talking Flock, your full Mingo podcast, where we are in a mood, ladies and gentlemen. We are <laughs> in a terribly, terribly bad mood. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're among friends. Uh, the, half of half of the, the joy of soccer fandom is sharing the misery of soccer fandom, and that's what we're going to do today. Uh, joining me to do that, to commiserate, to wallow, is uh, Flock President Kelly Ferguson. How you doing? I'm well, you know, you know, all things considered, pretty good, I guess. <laughs> and you, you can you can be perfectly fine in your normal life, but but ultimately yeah. terribly sad as a Ford Madison supporter. Um, before we jump in, let's uh, a little housekeeping. Just wherever you're listening to this right now, um, you the only people actually listening to this right now are already diehard, so you're probably already subscribed and following. But if you're not subscribed, follow, like, whatever you want to do. Give us a rating, review, help the other weirdos find our show. Uh, but I, I have to think after that match, the only people who want to sit and listen are the ones who love to wallow, just like we do. Um, it's Kelly, what's company? Yeah, it does. Yes, hundred um, percent. What uh, is happening with the flock? Is there anything you want to plug or any events you got coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the big thing that we've got going right now is we have a new uh, merch item out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found some great success with our reversible basketball jersey um, a while ago. So mm-hmm. we're branching out into other sports in case the soccer uh-huh. is just frustrating you so much. Um, <laughs> we have a hockey jersey, or I guess, you know, in hockey, they call it a sweater, uh-huh. um, on sale pre-orders through Labor Day for Fantastic. 70 bucks. And we got okay. a couple of great designers, a couple of guys in the flock are huge hockey jersey collectors. So shout mm-hmm. out to John and Mitch um, on that. And so we're doing that. Proceeds are going to benefit flock operations because, um, you know, they don't give those smoke bombs away. And <laughs> we're, we're hoping to use up a lot more of them. in the. <laughs> Thankfully, we haven't had to use very many this year. I know, I know. <laughs> But that's okay. Uh, so where can we get those? Uh, fwdflock.com slash store. All right. Get your flock hockey jersey. I have seen them on Twitter. They look fantastic. Uh, so get those. Um, now, looking ahead, uh, looking around some other news surrounding the club here. Um, we mentioned uh, we, we had Jason Canole on in the interview bonus last week um, talking about the Eintracht Wisconsin fan club. Uh, they Eintracht got their Bundesliga season started uh, with a one nil win over Darmstadt on Sunday with Randall uh, Kolomowani scoring the winner in the 40th minute. Uh, the club for Madison, are, which has a partnership with Eintracht, um, hosted a watch party at the at the forward club and only about 10 people showed up. So let's get more people out there next time. They're going to try to do one a month. Um, I was I was out camping as well. We'll talk about how I came to be able to watch this weekend's game. So I wasn't able to go, but next one I will be there. Um, and uh, I think it's fantastic if, and, I, and you know, we've known about this partnership, but I have to say I haven't done my part in getting involved with it because, you know, I've got a premier league club. I've got a USL league one club. I've got a USL championship club. Why can't I have a Bundesliga club that I watch on the weekends? No, no excuse. Right. I mean, you really should. Yeah. I mean, I watched them in the Europa league final year before last when they, they actually won the Europa league. Two years ago, they didn't do quite as well in Champions League <laughs> in the subsequent season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a step up. But it's a it's a story club. It's a, it's an old old club, and, and you can hear the passion that it its supporters have. And I just 
when you talk to Jason. Uh, so go back and listen to that if you missed it. It's only it's only about fifteen minutes of us talking with Jason Canole about that um, partnership. Um, the other mention, the other note that I wanted to mention is uh, Matthias Cassini. I didn't even notice that he was not in the eighteen on yeah. Saturday because I wasn't thinking about it and I wasn't actually watching the game uh, when it was happening. So I didn't notice that he wasn't in the 11 or on the bench. And he has now apparently is leaving Tormenta. Oh, I had not heard that. I did notice he wasn't playing and had a moment of, isn't he on that team? Um, (laughs) Well, didn't he score against us last time? That's what I thought. I'm like, am I remembering the wrong team? Um, and so interesting, interesting. Yeah, he, um, he Tormenta has not announced this, but as we saw uh, when he was with us, he has a habit of announcing things before he's supposed to. Uh, he, sort of, he sort of hinted that he wasn't coming back to Madison before anybody uh, mentioned that, but uh, he's leaving uh, Tormenta apparently. Um, he uh, uh, posted um, uh, that, that, uh, that he, he's that uh, he thanked everyone uh, for um, for I, I don't know for for being part of the journey to Tormenta, but he's leaving South Georgia. Uh, and then later he posted <coughs> this in, on Instagram: "Never let criticism bring down what you've built. You are defined by your character and not by the opinion of others." And then a little zip mouth emoji and a fire emoji. So. Evidently, it's uh, not all is all not all as well with Matthias Cassini and Tormenta. So we'll see what happens next for him. Yeah, I don't know. He's, can't wait to to hear what comes out of this. I'm sure you know USL League One is a small town, so I'm sure we'll hear <laughs> something. Uh, he, you know, he, he's a dynamic player on the field. Uh, I can also see him being quite annoying as a teammate. <laughs> I, I can imagine that, um, you know. But also guys are annoying. You don't you don't fire somebody in the middle of the season for being annoying. Right, yeah. There's There would be more to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far as I know, he's been, you know, turning in good numbers for them. Yeah. He scored against us. Right, um, right. So that, that is interesting that there would be mm-hmm. someone leaving midseason. I know they always, you know, bring in – new people and forward has brought in a couple new players Uh mid season. And you you often see guys like just kind of become benched or become squad guys. You know, Uh we have a couple guys on our roster that we haven't seen really in games very much. And and they just, but they're not released from the club. It's kind of wild. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, I have to credit walking 90 for, uh, for posting that, for noticing that on his Instagram and posting that on Twitter yesterday. Um, All right. So let's get this over with. Um, we're going to dig into this game a little bit. Now, here's my question uh, before we get into the particulars, because th- this, this is about 40 minutes of this game. They were fantastic. The first like, half was their the best, game. The best football we've played all season uh, in, the, in the first half uh, with one, with one, you know, defensive lapse that was just a really great uh, play by Jackson Corey. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it was all Madison and it was uh, pretty dominant and it was, the same kind of soccer we've seen all year, the, the great passing, the great midfield possession. Um, and, and I have to say, I was not, um, a, I was camping at Yellowstone Lake, which is down in, our, in Lafayette County, our favorite place to go camping. And earlier in the season when we were camping there, I had enough signal to watch the game. This time I did not. Oh. 
Mm. And uh, uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't because I was able to, I was only able to keep track of the game on Twitter and through group texts with, <laughs> <laughs> with all the, all the co-hosts and, and, and David Magnus from Florida. Um, so uh, it was, uh, it was kind of brutal hearing about it that way, but it's, but everything was fine for 45 minutes. Everything was great. Um, and then just like last time, it kind of all fell apart in the second half, uh, early in the second half. Yeah. So this is twice now that Tormenta has hung four on us. Uh, and I want to know what have they figured out that nobody else has yet. I have some ideas. Do you have any? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you said, you know, they figured it out because that came up in the first half, right after the second goal, you know, they made another run towards it. And um, Andrew Schmidt actually said, the guys just figured something out about mm -hmm. Tormenta. Um, and mm. it really looked like they had, like they had kind of found the key. And then I have no idea that it looked like an entirely different squad out there <laughs> when they came yeah. out after halftime. Right. Just no one was, you know, clicking passes weren't going right to them. The one thing that I noticed is our guys were not being the first one to the ball. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what you teach in like U10. Like their first. Yes. Um, but they they weren't as aggressive to get to the ball mm -hmm. first. That's that's a great observation because it, it's uh, and that's you're 100 correct when I think about it. And that's happened before, um, mm -hmm. where our where we have a lead going into halftime and we come out and we're complacent. Yeah. A little bit, right? And and we we feel like we got it. And, um, you know, it, it was hot down there and it was, we were sluggish, but the, you know, the other team was playing in the heat too. And they were beating us to those balls. Right. Um, and that the, the fourth goal in particular was, was a case of that. Yeah. Uh, where, where we had a pass that was intercepted and then be immediately became a counter, which then, which became a goal. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, in addition to just the, the, the idea that, that we come out, and we start, we do this where we start slow in both halves. Often we start slow where we, it's almost on purpose where we're going to absorb for four or five minutes and then start to possess and then start to push. And they really took advantage of that this time in the second half uh, when we were not being real aggressive, not being real forward thinking in the first five minutes. And they got three goals in the first 10, right? And the second half, um, <clears throat> which is a little bit absurd. Um, well, but sense in the first half of the game if you're gonna like okay sure. let's see Practically decide that yeah who we're facing today <clears throat> like what this team that we're opposing is gonna do today but the second half you know what they're doing they're not right. gonna be that different <laughs> you know, right. you know right. for some reason we are so you know right. we, they do need to start that second half a little bit more hungry with some urgency right yeah, even when they're yeah. up. Let's get a third. I mean, you got to come out. Uh, you got to come out in the second half. If you're up two one, you got to come out into the second half seeking a third goal. I mean, uh, or it, because that's not because if you're not seeking a third goal, you're you're sitting back trying not to lose at that point, and that's um, it's that's too what, early to what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, exactly right, exactly. You know, the other thing that I think 
Tormenta has kind of figured out is that, um, and that I'm still surprised other teams haven't yet, maybe, or maybe I'm not quite as clever, or maybe this isn't it, but we are, uh, we, we play a, a, a basically a 3 5 2 or a 3 4 3 when we have the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And when we don't have the ball for any length of time, we, we sink back into a 4 4 2. Stephen Payne drops back and plays a more defensive role when we are out of possession. So, and coupled with that, our three at the back really do like to play high, right? We do like to build from the back and we like to push for way, way forward. Like our, our, our last oh, and their yeah. third and fourth goals, our back line was at the center stripe. I mean, there were times when Shipman played the ball outside of the box because right. he was too he's he all was by challenged yep. and was too far behind our back mm-hmm. line that, right. you know, I mean, thankfully we, we have a keeper who's not bad with his feet. Uh, <laughs> thankfully. Right. Uh, but that leaves us vulnerable to counterattacks because if we're, if we're yeah. have three at the back when we're in possession and suddenly we lose possession, we're still three at the back when they're countering. Mm-hmm. First yeah. Uh, so and, and when we're so high, it doesn't take – it's easy to get behind when we're so high. So when uh, – if you can pester us and press and win possession, which has happened in their third goal, which we'll talk about in a bit, or uh, if you can get a turnover and come at us with any pace, um, it's – you're pretty easy – it's pretty easy to get in behind. And that's what they did in the third minute. Um, they didn't get a goal out of it, but they almost did. Uh, that was their third and fourth goals last time, I think. Or two of the four goals last time were in were pacey counters down the wings and with crosses in. This time the third and fourth goals were uh well the one was just a pickpocket and the other was a through ball down down the middle. Um but but in both those cases it was pestering us to get possession. It was coming at us with pace when we were in possession and our line was just really high. And it it's just it's just a vulnerability that they were able to exploit. I don't know if that's something special that they scouted. Or if that's just basic soccer, that you know, if you are if you're playing too high, you, you're vulnerable, and you ha- and you cannot take if you if you, if you're a center back and there's only three at the back, and you're the center back, and you're near the center stripe, you cannot take the risk to dribble around Kaziah Sterling. Like yeah. <laughs> you just have to yeah. know that. Yeah, there was there were definitely <laughs> times where you know you could see that's when he should have kicked the ball and he didn't and oh, well. their guy yes. got it or they burned past us. And it was, yes. you know, it was a one-on-one or gosh, we hope we catch this guy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that, catch that guy. I mean, that is what put it in the net for them. Most of the time mm-hmm. is, you know, it, or put it near the net is uh-huh. really, it was, you know, probably Sterling. Um, but one of their guys, like, kind of one-on-one with Shipman. And... Yes, the last know, two goals were where Burned was on, was on an island all by himself. And, you know, Burned is great when he's got the defense and he can handle, you know, a human-sized part of the goal. He's good <laughs> at reading it. He's good at the physics. Uh-huh. But he's not someone who can fill the entire goal when it's just him. Right. He's not the hardest guy to shoot around when right. you're one on one with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it, I I chalk a lot of this up to the defense just mm-hmm. not being where they needed to be at especially to play this team. Right. You know, how they were coming at us. Yeah, yeah. Who's this team is is the, the Tormenta is is 
pacey and aggressive and uh and, and they're and they're made to score a lot of goals and, and we are not um our our style is is to is possession is to secure possession um that which means we're not going to we're not going to score on counters very often because our, our priority is to secure possession before we, before going forward. Yeah. Um, so we are a team that's going to grind out one nil victories, and once you go and 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 even as we were trying to push for a goal in the second half, uh, down four to two, we're still trying to build. We're still trying to deliberately build, you know, and which is great. That's great. I love watching that kind of soccer, uh, but it's not designed to create a ton of goals. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great when you're not conceding goals, which is where we've been most of this year. Right. And right? I mean, even at the, the opening of the game, the announcer said, you know, Tormenta's here facing the stingiest defense right. in the league. And <laughs> that really has been, you know, the tactic is we'll put it in and score when we can, right. but we're gonna keep you from scoring on us. And right. so when the defense isn't solid. And I don't just mean the back line, but the defensive play isn't right. solid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you know that that kind of throws our plan out the window because we can't win one nil or two nil or right. two one. You know when they're getting past us and they're able to score. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So again, those that that my amateur analysis of that um, that whole counterattacking uh, thing against us, the vulnerability that our defense has was, uh, it was basically Chuck uh, up to those, their second or their third and fourth goals, but all, all of the goals, all of their goals, um, uh, Mitch Osman has something to do with, which was unfortunate. He's, he's, he hasn't been announced as injured. He didn't, he was out for one game. He, uh, apparently there's some Instagram photos of him getting treated in some way. So I think he, he has had a bit of a knock. Um, I, he just, we'll, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit more, but, um, <clears throat> but he did seem to be a step slow and not entirely dialed in. This game was so much about focus and he just did not look focused. Um, but let's yeah, talk about some good news. Let's, let's, on the top of his game. No, not at all. Um, but let's uh, let's let's talk about a couple of good things. That this the first half, our first goal um, it was, it was hilarious. That the um, announcer said after we scored that it was a, a, a quick counter and Madison's so good on the counter, and it's the exact opposite of the truth. We are not good on the counter, and it wasn't a counter. It was a build up. It was I don't know why he said that, but it, it was maybe he's like, I have to say soccer words now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, even if they don't make sense, uh, but it was 15 passes. It was a nice, slow, deliberate buildup. The, the 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 big pass was a long diagonal from Timmy Mel, which I hate long balls. I hate that um, when they don't work. <laughs> and and the last year, that was my constant complaint is we kept lumping long balls forward because we didn't know what the hell else to do. This year, uh, you know, like Timmy Mel. And Jacob Kroll and, and Mitch Osmond, for that matter, can are dropping long balls on a dime. So I have no complaints. Uh, it was a long diagonal ball from uh, uh, from Mel on the right, all the way across to the to the left channel, where Onan was able to bring it in. Um, got it to get it to Gebhardt, made a nice run into the box. Gebhardt, you know, gets it into the box, and Onan very cleverly just let it run uh, past mm -hmm. him rather than try to 
contain it um, and was able to, to get possession and gets a shot off. And TJ Books makes a nice save. Uh, but somebody got caught ball watching or something because uh, Christian Chaney was standing all by himself. Right in there. Mm-hmm. A foot off the goal line and just popped in with his head. And it was just a beautiful thing. Did not did not do a backflip, however. Yeah. More respectful of Tormenta, I guess. Than I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. But, you know. But that's the kind of thing we can do when we have a um, – that's what we do. That's Some of our best goals are the slow, deliberate buildup, mm-hmm. punctuated by lightning quick at, in, once we get into the box. Right? Yeah. Boom, that's boom, boom. exactly what, you know, what they've they've done well. And, you know, it's, it's hard. I was talking with someone at the watch party um, at the forward club, and, you know, we all have a little bit of, you know – trauma in the past a little baggage (laughs) oh gosh they're passing it back again Uh and you know this year you know the same thing you said about the long balls they're connecting those long balls most Mm -hmm. of the time Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes it looks like they're not even looking and it's right to you know their teammates feet yes yes and that's that's team cohesion that's the team cohesion that we were missing last year Right. And they and they are passing it back to just rebuild the whole play. It's mm-hmm. not they're, you know, they're bailing and they're, you know, gonna dump the ball back because, you know, they have no choice. It's because we're gonna build the play we wanna build. And, you know, I I'm not a stats person, but there are plenty of times when I've been on this podcast where you've mentioned, you know, that was a 15 pass series. Uh-huh. 12 pass yeah. series uh-huh. and and that's really where these guys shine yes. is you know if they are able to connect their passes they're they're gonna put it in you know right. they will, yep. they and they will wait and be patient for the right opportunity to get the shot that's exactly right the, that patience is what i love and, and that's that's but that's exactly what what leads to this this style not producing a lot of goals. It's not, it doesn't produce a ton of, of chances or a ton of goals because it is patient and it's uh, it mm-hmm. takes time. And, it, and like I say, it, it's probing and it's, uh, it's deliberate and uh, it sort of lulls the other team to sleep a little bit, or at least gets them drifting to one side of the field and then opens up the other side. Um, I mean, we ended up with uh, um, 526 passes, which in a loss, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's a pretty normal amount for 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 a Madison match, but in a loss, that's a lot. Um, now, only a few minutes later, um, Tormento was able to level it, and you got to. This is there's not a lot to analyze here, except that Jackson Corey flat out beat Stephen Payne, which you tip your cap. I mean, it's Jackson Corey, he's a dangerous player. He gets a long ball, and he's one on one with Payne in the corner, and nutmegged him, and beat and got around him to the ball. It's in a low cross, and um, Mitch is trying to clear it out. I don't, I don't know if Mitch is trying to clear it out or if it just unfortunately accidentally hit his foot, but it ended up being an own goal. Yeah, it wasn't us. clear when I watched it if it came off of our defense or if – because they did have an attacker right there. Well, that's the thing. Um, that's the thing. If, if, so, if Mitch doesn't you – know. I mean, it's, it's, it's technically – it's credited as an own goal to Mitch Osmond, uh, but if he doesn't accidentally tap it in, like they've got – I think it was Sterling was right there. Like it was yeah. probably going to score anyway. Um, but all credit yeah. for that goal goes to Jackson Corey. Um, yeah. Who I has mean, been, uh, it, in it, our it ass. Oh, a cheap goal. 
you no, know, sure. and, and not, not even particularly a mistake on Stephen's part. I mean, I was trying to watch and, and criticize Stephen Payne's defensive work, but it, I, I didn't see anything particularly wrong that he did. I mean, I think just Jackson Corey is just a, a pain in the ass, and he's a hell of a good yeah. striker. So, um, I mean, you know, I was screaming, you know, you need to be goal side, and our defense wasn't goal side, which is another thing you teach. That is true. You six, you know, like <laughs> that. That is very true. That's actually a good point. Um, you know, like. Uh, once Stephen is beaten, for it to be offside. Right, right. Once Stephen is beaten, you've got to get back, and you can't be running backward toward your own goal. Mm-hmm. When you had time to recover, like like all those guys, Mel and, and and Mitch and Jacob, all could have been back on the goal line, facing the correct direction. By the time Corey got the ball in there, I suppose that's yeah. that's actually a good point. Um, but we get it, we get it back, um, and and another sort of a uh, lightning strike of a goal. Um, this one from uh, this wasn't a, this wasn't a big build up, but I wouldn't call it a counterattack either. Exactly. Um, it was Jacob crawl. It was, and, but it was also just really, really good passing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob crawl sees, looks up and sees uh, Christian Cheney right in the middle of the pitch with a defender on his back. And this touch from Cheney is immaculate. Like this is assist of the week kind of, territory just a very light touch just to redirect it into space where uh and and, you know breaks the line and uh ona's able to run onto it in the box and one touches it past tj bush tj bush should have made this save i mean he got a hand to it i think the ball had had some spin on it um but take nothing away from Onan. it was a classy finish um and uh uh, just a really well worked goal and and hats off to christian cheney for that assist it was beautiful That was that was a great play and um yeah Onan's ball was fantastic. Yeah. On that one for sure. Absolutely. Um yeah, and and he was in the same was almost in the same spot as he was in that first goal when he got the shot and it was saved and Cheney yeah. got the rebound. So like that's his um that's where he wants to be. He wants to be running, he wants to be um moving across the box when he takes his shots and uh he's uh that's his second goal of the season, and uh, and I tell you what, I, I, he got subbed out relatively early, which worries me a little bit. I, he was playing out of his mind as he has been for the past month and a half, um, but got subbed out in the 55th minute. So I, I'm a little concerned that maybe he got a knock or something. I haven't heard, and my uh, our our inside guy, you're not really inside guy, the the, the club's PR person is on vacation, <laughs> so. I wasn't, I don't know who to text to ask uh, without bothering Evan while he's on vacation. Um, so anyway. Um, right. Come on. We have questions, Evan. You can't do this in the middle of the season. Anyway. Right. Yes, you can. Right. Um, There's a winter for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it was surprising to me that he came off that early. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if there was something, um, you know, the technical staff had seen that he was hurting, and, he was yeah. tired or looking, you know, well, thing, we, we don't have, we we're done with the midweek games. Really. We have, we have a no, much more normal schedule now the rest of the season. Um, we do have some midweek games, but they're also a week apart. So like we don't have the Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday thing anymore. So minutes management shouldn't be an issue. Uh, so unless he was just looking worn out um, because he was working hard um, yeah. or, or if he, you know, twisted a rolled an ankle or something, but um, we will see about that. But, but he has just, I, we were singing his praises last week too. Like he has just come on 
and yeah. really become the the best attacking player we have um, in terms of creating chances and now finishing them in the last couple of weeks, which is just fantastic to see for him as a young player um, over here, uh, you know, leaving home. Uh, he's got family with him now, but I know he had a rough time there for a bit. I've been away from family, but man, he has just really come on. So we go to halftime two to one feeling good. And two minutes in the second half, it's Mitch again. Um, following a guy of uh, Leo Fonseca gets the ball in the box and he, I don't know what Mitch is doing here. Um, Fonseca beat him. I like, got just that didn't really beat him. Just put the ball past him. And Mitch is, is trying to tackle him and, and, and just sweeps his legs up from underneath him. Like, I feel like, you know, obviously it's easy for us to second guess. It's easy for us to say, well, what I would have done, well, yeah. you, you wouldn't do that because you're not a professional soccer player, but uh, it still looks to me like he's got to be, uh, he's got to just stand him up, just contain him, just get in, just be in his way. You don't have to try to poke at the ball there mm-hmm. in that spot, um, but he does, and the ball's past him, so he he sweeps Fonseca's feet out, and that's a penalty. And um, uh, who converted it? Was it a Kali who converted it? Um, uh, it was, oh no, it was Sterling. It was Kazaz Sterling. Of course it was. Oh, yeah, so, well, not, not technically a Panenka, but kind of a Panenka. He got, it was, he kind of, you know, just dinked it uh, and burned went the wrong way. Um, but, you know, so then it's level, but you're still feeling like the way they were playing in that first half, you had to feel like there was another goal. We had another goal in this, uh, or or at least we could get a, get a draw out of this, you know, 2-2. Two, two. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, as, as disappointing as it is to, you know, to lose a PK, and let's face it, if any team is going to have a, somewhat false sense of security it's <laughs> this team because yeah. Shippen has like he's got to be top pk keeper um but you know there's at least a little bit of knowing like you weren't outplayed to get that right. like it was right. you know i mean yeah like obviously there was a foul in the box but it wasn't like they really earned it through good play and you know like there was no, no well, I mean, they, they got a ball into the box which is they do happens all, and it happens all the time and our defenders are always just up to the task of, of snuffing those out and, and and squashing those opportunities in this case uh, like you say we got a little bit unlucky but second to make a nice move Mitch is trying to take the ball and misses it um but hey like I say it's not it's not a big oh geez here we go moment mm-hmm. it shouldn't be and it should and it should be like okay well, we scored for two in the first half. They're completely dominating every facet of this match statistically. Uh, like you know, sixty-seven percent of possession. We're 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 doing fine. We'll we'll get another goal, and um and then I don't know, Mitch. Um, a few minutes later, but well, I guess about six minutes later, is um we we've got again we're 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 in possession. We've got a three at the back who are very high. We're near the center circle, and we've got. Our other our wingbacks are pushing up and getting ready for, you know, to to build up the attack. What we do all, every time, and uh, but at this point, Tormenta have decided they're going to press, and mm-hmm. and we we saw this coming out. And, and I watched the game knowing the results, so I was no to watch for this. But early, right away in the second half, they were pressing. They were like, "We're gonna we're gonna bother them. We're gonna pester them. We're gonna whenever they're in possession, we're gonna be in their face," and they did that, and it worked this time. Because Mitch Osmond didn't, we kind of failed to compensate for it, or didn't think about it, and, and didn't think like, okay, I'm going to have to get rid of the ball quicker, 
because they're pressing, but he had his arrow staring right up on him and decides he's going to try to dribble it. And it uh, so he should not have done that. And he, he pulls it, tries to pull it behind and, and puts it a little bit too far away from himself. And Sterling is there to jump on it and he's off to the races. And you're not going to outrun Kazaya Sterling when he's going downhill toward the goal. And uh, Byrne comes out and try, does his best, I guess, uh, yeah. the top of the box. But um, a classy finish from Sterling just rolls it right past him and, and in. And suddenly it's three to two. And two minutes later, again. Yeah, our, our three at the back are really high. Um, Timmy mm-hmm. Mel puts a ball forward. I think toward. I think he's trying to find Jaden, uh, or maybe Aiden Macias, um, one of those guys in the midfield, and uh, just kind of missed it. So it's a turnover, but that shouldn't in the, a turnover in the middle field like that should not be a catastrophic moment. No, no. But they look. Tormenta looks up and and um, Fonseca. Uh, took that ball and was, looked up and just put it right through a back line, just rolled it right past. Mm-hmm. He saw um, Akale, Akale um, their level with Jacob Kroll and just rolled the ball right between Mitch Osmond and Jacob Kroll and Akale was in behind and just like boom, boom, just like that quick. And that's yep. what I was talking about. When our line is that high, it's two seconds and you're in behind. Um, and, and Mitch was was trying to chase back but looked – He's not the paciest guy anyway, but he looks slow even for him. Like he was not 100%, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he did not know. look like he was playing the game he usually plays. Um, no. you know, he's, he's usually, I mean, even as fired up as he gets with bad calls and things like that, <laughs> right. he didn't seem as mad <laughs> as he often gets. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got a pretty short fuse and he just, it just like the whole, especially the second half, he really, you know, felt like he wasn't his usual self. Um, I was really surprised that, you know, he, he didn't get a sub. Um, if nothing else, just because that would shake up the defense a bit and clearly their third and fourth goals were, you know, burning the defense mm-hmm. so having fresh legs back there is not a bad thing anyhow you know right. really was waiting for brotherton to come in um but yeah especially as well as he played the other night when osmond wasn't in at all yeah yeah um, he's, he's been well so he's been right yeah yeah so um and that's where it ends for two. We did get a few a few chances. Uh, Eric Connor had a had a really would have been goal of the week from about forty yards out. <laughs> it was just a little bit over. Uh, yeah. We we had a few uh, near misses. Um, I mean, t- statistically, like th- this is this is what I mean when I say like that we have a style of play that is meant to dominate the match, but not necessarily run up a lot of goals. We had sixty four percent of possession. Yeah, only managed two goals. 64% of the possession and only managed uh, 15 shots, only three on target. Yeah. Um, right. 85.6% passing accuracy, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, it's, it's a little bit low for us, honestly. We're usually in the 87, 88% range. Uh, but Tormenta was only at 75.7%. Um, so, you know, we just completely dominated the, all the statistics except for the score. Um, the well, the shot, really matters. <laughs> right, right. And the shots on goal. We, we had 15 shots, three on target. They had 12 and four on target. So we each keeper only made one save. 
<laughs> so they had four shots on target, four goals, but one of them was an own goal. Um, now, uh, I also think, despite the despite that possession statistic, I do feel like this game we felt the absence of uh, Chelo Martinez. Yeah. I, I think some of the sloppiness in the midfield and, and some of the sloppiness in the build out might have been better had he been there. And not that Wheels and Macias played poorly or anything, but I just feel like we would have had more chances um, and maybe a few uh, fewer inopportune turnovers had Martinez been in there. I um, said in one of the previous episodes that I was here with you that Martinez is not someone that you like notice being flashy on the field. He doesn't right. get a lot of attention. But I feel like we've really noticed when he's not on the field. 100%. 100% right. Yep. And uh, uh, and I'm hoping he comes back. I mean, when, when he's, this is his third game out now. Uh, we heard that it was a slight knock. Uh, missing three games feels more than slight. Uh, we So we'll cross our fingers and hope he's back soon. But you're 100% right. Uh, you did really feel his absence in this one. Um, now, the good news is looking ahead. Um, the last time we lost two in a row, we won the next four. So obviously, uh, we're in for four straight wins. Uh, as we look ahead, we have two more uh, away matches, both against Wooden Spoon contenders. It's at Fuego on Saturday and then at Chattanooga on September 2nd. Um, Christian Cheney tweeted, uh, and Christian Cheney from Fresno, former mm-hmm. Fuego player, former Fresno FC player, uh, for my game this weekend in Fresno. If y'all are, are going and are a fan or friend of mine, let's pink out the stadium. So he wants Fresno people showing up in pink. Nice. He's trying to turn the home crowd against Fuego, which would be fantastic. I love to see it. Uh, so let's hope that works. Uh, but then after those two away matches, we have three at home, Knoxville, Richmond, and Northern Colorado. None of those are going to be easy. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously we are destined to win the next four against Fuego, Chattanooga, Knoxville, and Richmond at least. Because that's what happened last time we won two in a row. So obviously these are patterns. Obviously that's in the bag. Forget it. Uh, So (laughs) I really, uh, really need us to win against Knoxville. Oh man, we have to. Hundred percent. We cannot. We cannot lose back-to-back home games to Jake Keegan. We just can't. No, he is (laughs) such a. (laughs) I know. I know he got called something else in the last episode, but I'll stick with he is absolutely a crock. Um, I love it. We do not have to put a, a parental warning on this, on this episode. Um, right, man, this with your kid. You've got a teacher here. I can edit. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Knoxville, let's let's go around the league quick here. Knoxville did uh, continue its winning ways in uh, against Lexington at home with a one 0 win. Gio Calixtro for Knoxville got sent off in the 39th minute. Tremendously reckless challenge. I would love to see him get suspended for two more games for this. Studs up right into Tariq Muhammad's chest. It was just gross, uh, but he got sent off. And but despite going down a man, uh, Knoxville did got to get a goal uh, about ten minutes later. Real banger from Angelo Kelly Rosales for that, and that was all they would need against Lexington uh, on Friday. On Saturday, uh, North Carolina going to Richmond to get a three-one victory. Very confusing watching the highlights of this one because North Carolina was wearing red. And Richmond usually does. So I was like, I, I, what is going on here? Uh, North Carolina is kind of starting to pull away uh, from the pack as they get a brace from OLX Anderson. 
and then an absolute rocket from our old friend Mikey Maldonado. Uh, and then Richmond did get a consolation goal late from Simon Fitch, but didn't matter. Uh, Omaha, 2-1 over Chattanooga. Uh, they got one early from Alex Steinwasher and then benefited from an own goal midway through the second half. Chattanooga did convert a penalty eight minutes in the stoppage time, but that didn't really do anything. Omaha now have quietly run up five consecutive wins. we got to stop that pretty soon. Yeah, we um, The North Colorado Hailstorm, once mighty Hailstorm, now winless in six games as they get a 0-0 draw uh, to Greenville. Only five shots on target between the two sides in this one. Did not even bother to watch the highlights of that after looking at the stat line. Um, in Fuego, or in Fresno, rather, Fuego lose to Charlotte 2-1. Joel Johnson opened uh, the scoring for the Jacks on a, on a half hour mark. Really beautifully worked team goal there. Uh, Fuego equalized through Kudus Lowell, and uh, then Miguel Ibarra got his second of the season to win it uh, for Charlotte. So, where that puts us now is North Carolina in first with 44, it's kind of creating some separation now. Um, Omaha keeps pace with their win on 40 points, Charlotte in third now with 39. Northern Colorado has fallen and Madison has gone up enough so that we are both tied on 36 points and 10 wins. Now, goal differential is not the first tiebreaker. Wins is the first tiebreaker. So, Northern Colorado, Madison tied on both points and wins. What's that? Oh, no, we were talking about the the standings and I thought Mm -hmm. that they decided goal differential was the first tiebreaker. It's not. It is not the first tiebreaker. Uh, it's it wins, is the first tiebreaker. So, we're, but we're both tied with them on wins also. So, it, it, this one does come to goal differential, which is the second tiebreaker, um, and uh, they have eleven, and ours has dwindled to three. Our goal differential is now plus three, which is not great. Um, and then Greenville rounds out the top six with thirty-three points. Knoxville is in seventh with thirty-one, which means that for now, Madison is five points clear of the line, which is feels good-ish, right? It feels like, okay, we, we can drop – we drop this match. It doesn't hurt our position on the table, um, really, because uh, – and, and it, Knoxville is going to take it, – it'll take two wins for Knoxville, a couple of two losses of Madison for them to mm-hmm. jump over us. So I think we're right. I, but I still think I, – I think we're, we're okay for now in terms of making the playoffs. Uh, it's certainly not a done deal. And uh, considering the way we are playing, we really should be vying for a home playoff match, which would means we'd want to be in third or fourth, uh, or fourth or second by the end of the season. We have nine games left, uh, which means we could. Uh, it looks like fifty-two or so will get you into the playoffs. We have that. We could, if we won all nine of these last games, which is not going to happen, um, we would end up with sixty-three points. Uh, I think mid fifties is perfectly doable. Uh, I think we can get, um, you know, 18 ish points out of these last matches, considering the schedule, considering the, the friendliness of the schedule, considering that who were uh, the opposition. Um, we have two games against Northern Colorado, which at one point seemed very daunting. Doesn't feel so daunting anymore. We have two games left against Omaha, I think. At least one game. We just want to get so wise, but it's the last one of the season on October 14th. So that'll be quite an atmosphere because I would imagine there will be a lot on the line in that match. Um, so exciting home stretch, I hope. Um, I don't know. Are you optimistic? I am optimistic. Um, I really, you know, I'm keeping all the fingers and toes crossed that <laughs> they don't fall into the 
we don't play well against crappy teams. Right. Um, curse that they have before. Um, mm -hmm. I really would love it if we could just go in and route Fuego in this next game. Um, I think, you know, there, there will be a lot of, you know, eye rolling if they don't, um, because it is a thing like we play better against harder teams. Yep. Um, but I would really, really love that one. I mean, just on principle, I also feel like <laughs> I'd love us to beat Chattanooga. Um, and then yeah. obviously, you know, I want us to punch Jake Keegan in the throat. Um, <laughs> metaphorically, of course. Of course. Or, or for reals. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like these next few games, I really hope that you're right about, you know, like let this be a trajectory and, you know, a point where the charge begins and mm -hmm. you bring home the next four. Yeah. Um, it really felt like, well, the thing is, do you remember about the Chattanooga match, the most recent Chattanooga match at home where Stephen Payne scored in the 90th minute, like that felt good. And I was, we we're very, all very happy about that, but like, that's not a game we win. We should win one. No, with a 90th minute winner. That should be a game we dominate. Right. And, and so we have to, and, and, but but even that, it felt like, the, you know, the feeling of, uh, on the team and the feeling even in Steven's celebration was like, okay, we're done messing around. We're serious now. We're going to – this is – we're pushing to the end of the season, and then they lose the next two. So it, it, the I, in the midseason um, sort of roundtable we had, the, my biggest concern was consistency, and, and I, we're still just not seeing it. Even within a game, like this last game, like you mentioned, just brilliant first half, abysmal second half. Um, mm -hmm. we, we have to find that consistency. I want. I, I hope Christian Cheney can go to Fuego and, to, against his old club in his old stopping grounds and get a hat trick and just dominate that match, and then um, and then go to Chattanooga and embarrass the Red Wolves and and will them all feel much better going into the last month and a half of the season. Agreed. Yeah, that's you know. Let's let's make it happen from your let's mouth. Make it happen. Um, ears, you know. I, I, I did, did say that. You know, it, recently I tweeted that I don't know which soccer god Jaden Onan had angered because he he was so robbed of more goals than I could believe. And so, yeah. I'm like, let me know if you need a blood sacrifice because you know, we be, right. be pink and blue, and I know a lot of people who would step up. And then, you know, the start of this game, I'm like, well, clearly mm -hmm. someone, you know, sacrificed a goat to the soccer gods or whatever. <laughs> no offense to religions that actually do that. Um, but <laughs> somehow, like, the tide on that at least has turned. So I'm feeling yeah. better about, you know, some of the individual pieces. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I hope Martinez comes back. I hope... Mm -hmm. You know, our back line looks a little bit perkier than mm -hmm. it did. And, you know, that that they really are able to just deliver what we all know they can. Yes. And I hope our new guy, Pierre De Silva, can can contribute. He's been looking. He, we haven't seen a lot of him. We saw the most of him that we've seen uh, in a single game this past Saturday. And he looked dangerous. He looked like he was ready to contribute. And he's going to contribute to this podcast. I'm talking to him uh, tomorrow. Nice. So, uh, and uh, we will have that later this week as a special bonus episode and we'll get to know the newest Mingo. Uh, until then, uh, follow us at Talkin' Flock 
uh, and we are a production of the Soda Soccer Network, produced by Jeremy Rushing, hosted by me, Rob Chapel, and with me this week, Kelly Ferguson. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks for having me. And uh, have a great week, and we will see you Saturday. It's up the goes.